Welcome to the Power of Makeup. In this week's show, your host, Lan, talks to specialist hair and beauty photographer, John Rawson. Hi, John. It's good to see you. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for asking me. It's been so long since I've seen you. That's what you Yeah. So the reason why I wanted you on here is just I wanted a, a photographer's insight because, you know, you've been around for such a long time and we've navigated so many um, interesting shoots, um, uh, really interesting shoots, <laughs> and uh, we've won quite a few as well. So um, I just want to go back to finding out, you know, you're trying to get your insight, you know, of how you got to where you are because I think it's going to be very valuable for people in the creative industry or just for clients or anyone that's listening, you know, like how valuable um, the collab collaboration between a makeup artist and the team element with a photographer. So just take me back to, you know, you've come from a hair background, right? Uh, or just give me the, the little lowdown of your story. Um, well, I left school at 16. I wanted to be, wanted to be a footballer. You know, that was my life, was the whole point. And so I never really kind of thought about work or doing anything else and stuff um, and I was just at home one day just sitting around moping like 16 year olds do and uh, a girlfriend a friend of mine rang me up and said uh, we're in trouble in, uh, in the salon one of the juniors hasn't turned up would you just come in and help out one day and uh, so um, I don't really want to do that just there's some really sort of cute girls working here or whatever and you know it's good money and tips and whatever just please we're desperate. So I went in and just kind of helped sweeping up and all that sort of stuff. And I, I quite enjoyed it, it was fun. Um, and then they asked me to go back the following week. And with, before I even kind of really knew what was going on, I was, ahead, I was in hairdressing and, uh, and then fell in love with it. I never wanted to be a hairdresser, it was never my passion, but when I started doing it, I absolutely loved it. I found it very, um, very easy, I, I had, good hands, I could manipulate hair or whatever. Um, and I worked in a small local cell, just, which was great for me because they taught you how to, um, to finger wave and to set hair and to, to do all the things that kind of people don't, don't really learn now. Um, and then after a couple of years, I wanted to go to London, so I went up and did some courses at Sassoon's and uh, Leonard's at the time were very big and Joshua Galvin and those guys. And then I went on a course to a company called Allen International that had three schools in, in London at the time and 25 sons. Um, and they asked me to join them. I went there and uh, ostensibly as a stylist in one of the salons. Um, and before I kind of got there, I went to do a bit of training and they offered me a job as, an, as a teacher. I was 19, I was a child. Um, and it was crazy, it was crazy. But I, within a year or so, I was kind of running the academy and whatever, and it was all, it all happened to me really, really super quickly. We were in Knightsbridge, but what she's now the Sassoon Academy. It was our academy first, and we were there till the um, early 80s, I think it was. Um, and I just kind of fell into it. And loved it, absolutely loved it. It was, it was like a whole different world. I'd gone from being in a small um, salon in the middle of nowhere um, to working in Knightsbridge, you know, and the whole sort of Knightsbridge vibe. And it was crazy time. Crazy time. I mean, that's such a privilege at such a young age. What do you think? Um, why did you excel so quickly? 
considering you had no, no experience, like, why do you think people gave you that job role? Because that's massive I honestly don't responsibility. Know. I, honestly, I think it, I just found it really easy. I know that's it's a very conceited thing, I think. But I'm not about it at all. I just found it really easy to do. I could all, from almost the first moment, kind of getting on my hands on some hair or whatever and manipulate. I could just do it. It just very natural. I was a hair cutter, and um, you know, I just love cutting hair and love love teaching. Love teaching as much as anything else. Um, and um, I don't know. People just obviously saw something in me at that time, and just it was a, it was the seventies, late seventies. Um, the girl that was training me, she left, and, and so they gave me her job. And then it just kind of went like that. And all of a sudden, by the time I was 21, I was uh, principal of the academy. It was, it was uh, another time, it didn't feel like it was that quick. When I look back on it now, it was mad. Really, you don't see people, 19 year olds leading art teams and stuff anymore. No. So, how did you get into the photography side then? I'd had, I'd had a camera when I was very young. My mum and dad bought me a good camera when I was about 15 or something like that, because I'd always had a kind of a bit of love for that. I always wanted to take pictures and whatever. Not had in training, didn't know anything about it, just knew I wanted to have a camera. Um, and because of my role in the company, we were doing shooting all the time, doing video and shoots for magazines and so on, and our own shoots. And we used to do about three or four collections a year. It was quite big, with two for the salons and two for the, two for the academy. And so I, spent, I was spending more and more and more time in the studio. And I realised after time period that I was much more interested in that side of it. And, and teaching still, I had, a bit, I had a passion for, but I wasn't really interested in the hairdressing side of it anymore. That kind of just felt as though, I kind of fell out a bit, a bit in love with, out of love with doing the hair, which is odd because actually much later on, after feeling sort of disingenuous about hair for a long time, I actually fell, fell back in love with the industry and about, about hair. So it went, went through a bit of a roller coaster with me, really. I, I wasn't interested in it, and then I was in love with it. And then after about 10 years or so, whatever, I fell out of love with it. And then when I started doing pictures with people, I kind of fell back in love with it. I, they had the passion for their side of it, and I kind of bounced off that. And I kind of love the industry again now, which is a bit odd because I, because I didn't for a long time. I didn't. It was a bit. I mean, it was a big step to just leave, walk away from having all that power yeah. in the hair than to suddenly take up a new skill for something else. Yeah. So, you know, was, how did you... I was, I was lucky that I was... The company that I was with, for, for a start, went, went through some difficulties and, and they wanted me to go and uh, run... Um, it was bought out by a company who had a business in America and they wanted me to go to the States and stuff and I had a young family and things, so I didn't, didn't really want to do that. I didn't want to go to America. And then a friend of mine, who was a very good photographer called Martin Braiding. Martin was big in the 80s, did Vogue and everything else. And he was really, really good. And he did all of our collection shoots. Um, and he, we, we became friends and whatever. And then another photographer that I knew at the time became friends. And he was going um, through a period where he, he couldn't get an assistant. And he just said to me, would you just come in and assist? I know you want to be a photographer, really, because we talked about it last time. I'll teach you. You come in and assist and I'll teach you. So that's kind of how that happened. Again, it was something that I hadn't really planned to do. Um, and so we just started testing and testing and testing. And then uh, a friend of mine who was a hairdresser just said, would you do some pictures for us? And I said, well, I don't know if I'm ready, but I'll have a, I'll have a go here, I won't charge you and whatever. So we did a shoot together and it turned out okay. And I sent it through to, to Ruth Hunsley, who was the editor of the Hairdresser Journal that I knew from my experience. And I sent it to her and lo and behold, we got a front cover. 
And that was the first commercial shoot I ever, that I ever did, which was mad. And then all of a sudden, because I knew so many other hairdressers and whatever, the phone started going, it's obviously shoot for me, you know. And all of a sudden, again, six months after I've kind of got my head around it, I was taking pictures for people. And it was, it's, my life has been like that. I, I, I'm not a great planner. I just kind of, if it, if, if it feels like it's the right thing to do, I'll have a go at it, you know. Yeah, you could have um, fooled me, though. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I have organized. crazy confidence in myself, which yeah. is crazy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you just have to trust people, don't you? And, and, and then the with, um, you know, obviously you've done the hair, you know everything about hair, and then you go into photography, and then now uh, you're mastering photography. So what was your relationship with makeup? Because obviously that's another identity and style. Yeah, if I just go back, back one second, I never really mastered photography. I don't really consider myself a very good technical photographer. I have an amazing assistant who's a proper photographer. I'm not really a photographer, I don't think. I'm not obsessed with cameras and computers and technical side of things. I just like taking pictures. I'm, a, I'm much more interested in the image than I am in all the rest of it. So I have somebody else that does all of that because I'm not really, not really interested in it. Makeup is a very odd thing for me because, I ha again, I have a real love-hate relationship for it because I've worked with dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of makeup artists over, over the years. Some really you know, top, top, top high-end people and then, and then people that are starting and whatever the case may be. Um, and it's only been in the last sort of five or ten years that I think I've, that I've managed to accrue a group of, of people that kind of get me a bit and that I get them a lot. And, and so even in here, we do a lot, but even in America now, I've got a couple of people that I work with. And that's been really interesting is to find people you can collaborate with that kind of get each other because that's really the secret of it. I mean, if, if I'm working with you, for example, I wouldn't even bother sending you a brief most of the time well, because there's no point because I know I can have a five minute conversation with you at the beginning of the shoot and you get it. And you bring that, and then you bring something else to the party. Whereas if I do ten pages of things of this is what I want, and so oh, this is what the client wants, and whatever, um, then I think I stifle what it is that you bring to the to the party. And I think that's a confidence that I have allows me to allow you to do that. If that makes sense, because I think most people's insecurity at that point is that oh, we've got to we've got to do this and we've got to do that, and you know I must tell her what to do or I must tell him what to do. I don't feel like that at all. I, I mean, what's your view? What's your view of who makes, you know, a great makeup artist? What, what is it that you do to choose? How do you choose when you're sent so many portfolios? And what do you look out for? Like, or what um, sort of skills have you noticed? Think, Being a man as well, by the way. <laughs> I think there's two things with that, isn't it? I think, you, I think getting, a, getting an idea, getting a history of what somebody's done before is important because you see the value in what they do and the work that they do. But I think it's all about how, you, how it feels um, together. I mean, you know, some people are quite abrasive and some people, you know, makeup artists can be very in your face and very strong and whatever. And I'm fine with that. I mean, you're a very strong personality and you know what it is that you want to, to, to do and to say and, and, and to be in the moment of it. And that's fine. I've worked with other makeup artists that are completely the opposite of that. I worked a lot with James O'Reilly, who was the softest, sweetest, gentlest person that you could ever possibly meet. And, and I loved working with James. James was, was fantastic as well, really lovely. So, you, you know, it's the same thing with photographers, isn't it? Same thing with makeup artists. You're completely different in the way that you work to James, but I like working with both of you. 
So it's, it's, I want somebody who's going to bring something to the party. I don't want somebody that, that just wants to be told what to do. Because that, you know, I think you get less out of the whole shoot by that. Yeah. I mean, and so, lastly, I just want to ask, like, what's your views on what's happening in right now in the industry for... For, for your work, um, in terms of creativity, you know, what are you seeing? Is there any? Is it good, bad? Uh, what sort of I, things are you noticing? I, I would. I tell you what, I would like to. I, I feel as though we've gone through a period in the last um, ten years or so that has been very repetitive. I feel as though it almost kind of feels at the moment like it's going through the motions. Like, you know, this year is the same as next year, and the year before, and it kind of it just rotating and going on and i'd love to see a time maybe to go back like to what we had in the 80s for example like a punk revolution something you know manically different just to jump out of somewhere or something um you know, i have this conversation with people all the time but they always say well why don't you do it but i i, I can't do it i want somebody else you know we need a new galliano we need a, a somebody to come out of out, out of somewhere and just mix the whole thing up again because i think a lot of it's got a bit dull yeah uh, is, it's, it's a shame it's you know, a shame I, yeah and uh maybe you could do it <laughs> no i think i'm <laughs> over the hill now no <laughs> we need a new mcqueen we need a new mcqueen don't we a new galliano we need you know we need somebody who's going to come out and um i was watching the mcqueen um, film again the other night, and we just need—we so need somebody to come out of the woodwork. That's, that's well, maybe mad. it could be Gary McQueen, you know, because um, I'm friends yeah. with Gary, and he's incredible. Yeah. And uh, yeah. what he's doing now is with Avatar and doing a show, and it's very futuristic. Yeah. But he's just like Lee—he's uh, super, super out there, and it's going to be interesting to watch. I know he's launching something yeah. soon, but yeah, look out for it. Um, I think there's going to be that amalgam, much more of an amalgamation between film and gaming and video and whatever and photography because eventually it's going to be a situation where you won't take individual frames on a shoot you'll just video it and then pull what you want from it as the stills i think um which is, we're, we're going towards you know that process now and that's going to be and that will make it again very interesting because it'll, it'll change the dynamic of it i think be more difficult for you but it'll be a dynamic for us that will work very well i think <laughs> but for you guys it'll be hard and I just want to see, um, looking at everything as a whole and where you've come from and all the achievements you have, um, what lesson personally have you learned? To go with it. Like I said at the beginning, you know, I'm a great believer in giving people a chance. If, if you know, somebody comes to me and they're very young, I mean, I work with a, a stylist at the moment that you know uh, very well, Jamie, you know, he's a young kid coming out from Ireland. Um, he had the guts to, you know, pack up and come over, as you did, actually, uh, to come over from Ireland and say, look, you know, I want to try and make it. And he's, you know, he's very young and very fresh and whatever, but he's got such an energy about him and such a dynamic about him that he brings something again to the table. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm more than happy to give him a chance and to give him an some sort of opportunities, um, rather than working with people maybe that are a bit more established. I don't know, maybe that's, as I've got older, I like to have younger people around me, you know, the people that, that have an energy and have a, you know, I, I think it's fantastic, I love that. Yeah, maybe that's a that. good collaboration tip, isn't it? It's like if you feel like you're 
already doing loads of stuff, it's always interesting to go and find new, fresh yeah. blood, really, isn't yeah. it? Because then it inspires well, that's why you. I like traveling so, so much. Yeah. You know, I was so successful. You know, touch wood, I was so successful here, particularly doing the hairdressing awards and stuff like that. Um, and then about four, three or four years ago, I, I had an opportunity to go shoot something in America. Uh, in Canada, it, the first time around, we won American Hairdressers of the Year that year. And since then, I've concentrated on trying to almost do less here um, and to do more in the States. You know, we've, well, we've done loads in America now, loads in, you know, to Japan and the Australian Awards that we did a couple of years ago and all that sort of stuff. And it's the traveling and whatever. And the, the reason that that's interesting for me is the collaboration thing is that actually when you're walking into the studio, it's not the same people and the same models and the same studio and whatever. You know, you could be in anywhere in the studio in New York with people that you've never met before. And that's quite intimidating in a funny sort of way, but it's also very exciting. Um, and that I want more of, you know, and that's why this particular period of us not being able to travel and not to have that is, I'm finding that quite hard now, actually. Yeah, yeah, because you were saying mentally it was quite tough, isn't it? Like yeah. it's having yeah. an effect on your your mental health yeah. and everything. Um, yeah. So what? I'm, I'm pretty strong mentally. I'm I'm, I'm okay in my head, but I'm I'm desperate to to, to go go go. You know. Okay, so that would lead me to my my last question. Yeah. That um, what's next for you? You're just going to go leave the country and oh, travel? Well, no, I don't. No, I never, I never never leave the country. My wife, you know, she loves it here. She's obsessed with being up in the Lake District and, you know, she's got a dog and she likes me. We live in the country in the middle of nowhere. We moved out of London 10, 15 years ago. Um, so we've got an amazing house and grounds and all the rest of it. And we just, you know, it's wonderful here. So I would never, never want to leave here. I'm family are here. Um, but I do, I enjoy the travelling very much, other than the actual travelling itself. Um, but just going and meeting and shooting with, with people. I've met some amazing people, particularly in America and Canada. And that's, that's what I want to do more of, until I stop. Yeah. And I think um, we just want to leave the chat with this final thing of, you know, your top three, because you judge a lot of competitions and mm -hmm. you always seem to have mm -hmm. an eye, which somehow you naturally have, um, for yeah. winning uh, awards. So just maybe your top three things for a winning image, you know, in your opinion. Well, I think the funny thing about that is, and, and I get asked the question a lot, you know, I think the, the funny thing is, is to make a really successful shoe, every bit of it, every single component of it has to be right. If, if the makeup's a bit off, the, the whole shoe fails. If the styling's a bit off, the whole shoe fails. If the lighting's not quite right, the whole shoe fails. So my number one tip is to get the best people that you can possibly afford and trust around you to make sure that all, every single little element works together. And if they all work together, then you get a great shoot. The other thing is get the right girls or the right boys, whichever the case may be, because the model is absolute, that's what you're photographing. You're not photographing the set or anything else, you're photographing the girl. So get the right girl, get the right team, and then get the right post-production. Because, I mean, we have an amazing you know, retoucher that we work with, that we've worked with for, years and years and years and she now works for, for me completely on her own um, and she's amazing she doesn't over retouch she doesn't under retouch she's got a delicate eye she can do things beautifully um, and her and I work together and we're a very good team I do the hair she does all, all the skin and everything else um, and, uh, and then I do all the cropping because cropping for me is, is everything yeah. 
Um, and that works very well together. So those would be the things, right team, the right models, and the right kind of production. That's what you win. Da, da, da. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Perfect. It's exactly what I would say as well. So, uh, yeah. So, um, John, thank you so much for your time and Absolutely. giving us that insight. Um, amazing. I love working with you. You know that. And uh, I love being challenged and all these conversations we have on set. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to shooting with you again. So, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Good, good luck with the baby. And thank you. I'll see you in the studio in June. Yes. At least. Yeah. All right, my darling. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much for your time. Bye-bye. Take now. care. Bye. Bye.